This is Kimball Lurchie, and you're listening to Boldly Stated. So before we jump in this week, I just want to tell you that it's really, really fun for me to hear that many of my college students are actually listening to this podcast. One of my students mentioned that she had heard the episode where I talked about the choices college students are making and the lack of structure that I think is giving rise to some real difficulties in their future. And she shared that it really gave her some things to think about. So that made me really excited um, because oftentimes the downside of a podcast is you don't really know who exactly is listening, but it's so fun to hear feedback. So I want to encourage you, um, if the episodes are impacting you, if you are enjoying them, if they're helping you, let me know. Tell me what you're really liking, and I will be able to do more content that's like that. Um, conversely, if there's something you really don't like or you don't agree with, tell me that too. It's all about civil discourse and conversation. So that brings me to this week's episode where I've titled it How Not to Talk to Someone You Disagree With. And really, we're going to do two things. First, I'm going to share with you what happened this week in one of my classes where a conversation went completely off the rails in no small part due to the fact that I forgot to employ a really important strategy. And then secondly, I'm going to give you strategies to make sure that doesn't happen to you. As a nation, we're in this place where we really need to start having conversations. We really need to start healing. We need to be able to talk to people who disagree with us or who have different perspectives. But it's hard. So we need to figure out exactly how to do that. The good news is I have some great strategies that really work well. Uh, I guess the bad news is you have to remember to use them for them to be effective. Now, while the strategies themselves are pretty straightforward and easy to use, What makes it difficult is that emotions get in the way. And that's exactly what happened this past week in one of my classes as we were having a discussion about systemic racism and more specifically, sentencing disparity. As part of the discussion, I provided specific numbers on arrests, incarceration, and sentencing based on credible data and statistics that are cited by credible sources. A student responded with, that's just not true. Now, what I should have done is said, okay, that's your opinion, and we're going to leave it there unless you can come back with some statistics or facts or credible evidence to support your position. I didn't do that, though. In an effort to be fair and to give everyone's voice an opportunity to be heard, I allowed a discussion to go on where essentially facts were being confronted and challenged based on opinion alone. This is always going to be a recipe for disaster. And in fact, this is why when we say, you know, we just can't have conversations, we just can't talk to each other anymore. This is at the heart of many of those unproductive conversations. So the big takeaway for me as a result of what happened in my class is just this reminder of we've got to agree on what the ground rules are when we're going to have controversial or difficult conversations. So I'm going to talk about how to set yourself up for a really successful conversation with someone you disagree with, but I'm also going to tell you how to spot the point where it's about to go off the rails and what to do, how to call it off so you don't end up in a really uncomfortable situation. Now, before we jump into this, I want you to think about someone you've had a hard time talking with. Think about a conversation that didn't go well. And as I'm going through these different steps, perhaps you could think about whether the outcome would have been different had you employed one or more of these strategies. Just a fun little exercise to kind of make it real world application for you. Now, one other little caveat and piece of perhaps tough love from me. 
If you find that every time you attempt to talk to someone who doesn't agree with you, it ends in a disaster and you feel like you are completely misunderstood pretty much all of the time and that everyone who doesn't agree with you is unreasonable in the conversations that you're having, there's a high possibility that it is your communication style that is giving rise to the conflict. And I know that can really be shitty to hear, but the reality is if you're finding conflict every time you have a conversation with someone who doesn't completely agree with you, the chances of it always being someone else are relatively slim. Sure, some of the time, of course, it's going to be someone else. All of the time, probably not. So before you assume that it's other people who need to learn these strategies, I want to encourage you, if that is your experience, that you actually tune in extra carefully because this could change your whole world. All right. Step number one, before you have a controversial conversation, you need to ask yourself, why are you interested in talking with this person? If the goal is to find common ground, if the goal is to increase your understanding of a different perspective, if the goal is to become better informed, all of these are really great reasons to have a conversation with someone who has a different view than you do. If your goal is to convince them of the rightness of your position or that they are a misguided idiot, stop right now. Just don't do it, okay? You might be convinced that your position is right and you might be convinced that their position is wrong. And for all I know, it's absolutely right. You know, you are right, they are wrong. Okay, great. But if your purpose in having a conversation is to convince someone else that they are wrong and you are right. That conversation is going to fail to be productive 99.9% of the time. And the reason is you are coming in with two different agendas. You're attempting to essentially tell someone else how they need to think, what they need to believe, how they need to feel when they haven't asked for your input. Now flip it around. How often does that work for you? Somebody comes up to you and goes, hey, you know that belief you really hold dear to your heart? Well, it's wrong, completely wrong, and you're stupid for thinking it, and my way is right, and I'm going to shove it down your throat and tell you all the reasons why. When you haven't expressed an openness to even consider your perspective, that's not going to work. That isn't how persuasion happens. So if the purpose of the conversation is to persuade someone or to get them to consider a different view, there has to be an invitation for that to happen. It can't come out of the blue. You can't just throw it on top of someone's head and expect that it's going to go well. So step number one, why are you interested in talking? If it's to try to find some common ground or to develop your understanding of where someone else is, then you can move to step two. But if, if it's really just because you want to prove to everyone else that you're right and they're wrong, These strategies aren't going to work for you. It's not going to work. There is no invitation to have a conversation. So at best, you're going to have a monologue where you're going to shoot off a bunch of stuff. You're going to say a whole bunch of stuff. It's all going to be disregarded and there's going to be a conflict. Step number two, if you're going to have a conversation with someone, you need to be both open-minded and open-hearted. This means that there has to be the possibility that your view will shift, even in the smallest way. 
It doesn't mean you have to change your belief system. It doesn't mean you have to change your mind, but you've got to be willing to consider where you are in relation to what someone else tells you. In other words, if you come in and you know that you're not going to be swayed at all and you're not interested in anything anyone has to say other than what you already are predisposed to believe and you're completely dug in, again, talking to someone about a controversial topic is not going to be a productive conversation. You're entitled to your view and maybe it isn't up for discussion. Well, if that's the case, then don't have a fucking discussion. Seriously. Don't have it, okay? Go to the bathroom, talk to yourself in the mirror, talk to someone who agrees with you completely, but don't attempt to have a a conversation with someone if in fact you aren't interested in learning something new, evaluating your own position with an open mind and open heart, and hearing perhaps what someone else has to say. Step number two, be open-minded and open-hearted. Step number three, Listen to understand, not to respond. What happens a lot of times, particularly when we're talking about subjects that are near and dear to our heart, is we start to hear someone say something and we're like, yeah, but, but, and we want to respond right away. And we're not actually hearing them. We're, we're not listening to what the message is. We're just grabbing onto words, grabbing onto the meaning that we assign to it, and we're immediately preparing our defense, right? We're ready to reply and respond and go after them and tell them why they're wrong. Again, this isn't really a productive conversation tactic. You need to listen to understand. In other words, if somebody says something to me that I find to be completely from left field and so different from what I think I know, I'm going to ask them, why? Why do you believe that? Why do you feel so strongly about that? Why are you so deeply rooted or connected to that belief? Tell me where it comes from, right? I want to understand, not just hear it so I can shoot back. If we're having a debate, absolutely, I want to shoot back. If we're having an argument in court, absolutely, I want to shoot back. But if we're trying to have a conversation where civil discourse is the purpose and coming together and finding some common ground, we've got to be listening to each other to understand where someone else is coming from, even if it's a place you've never been. Even more the reason to listen. Next, you need to be in conversation searching for common ground. And the way to do that is to consider common interests, right? When we get really rooted into our positions, we might say, this is the way this thing is achieved. And someone else might say, well, no, the only way we achieve that is by doing it this way over here. But let's say the common interest is that we all just really want to be happy. And one person thinks they know best how to make that happen. The other person thinks they know best how to make that happen. You're always going to disagree on the methods to get there. But we can agree that the goal is to be happy. So in finding common ground, consider the interests that are behind the topic you're trying to talk about rather than just a position or the method to get there. Last, and perhaps most importantly, we're back full circle to where I started today. Please be mindful of the difference between fact and opinion. We are all entitled to our opinion, but we need to make sure that we frame it as opinion, not as fact. So if something is my opinion, I'm going to say, this is what I think. This is what I believe. This is what I'm inclined to do, 
right? I'm going to qualify it as this is my opinion. This is, this is a belief system that I hold and it's based on all of the factors and all of the filters that I've processed over time. And I can explain why I think this, where it comes from, why I hold my opinion strongly and dearly, but it's still my opinion. And I need to acknowledge that someone else with a different opinion is entitled to their opinion as well. And this is where this idea of multiple truths come in. If you basically say, well, this is my opinion, but you act as if your opinion is the only right opinion, that's never going to result in a productive conversation. Part of acknowledging an opinion is understanding that there is space for people to believe differently or to have different ideas about things. And usually it becomes apparent that it's based on information that's come from different sources, a lived experience that differs from yours, something that they've gone through in life that maybe you don't understand or don't know that has shaped the way they view the world. Again, if we're listening to understand, we can start to understand why these opinions form the way that they do. But when you take the position that your opinion is the only right opinion, the only correct opinion, and that everybody else's should be dismissed that is not going to lead to productive conversation or discourse. On the other side, if we're going to talk facts, facts need to be supported by credible evidence. I know I sound like a broken record here, but I teach communication. And there are sources that are credible, that are unbiased, that are doing the research, doing the work, coming up with facts, numbers, statistics that we can rely on when we're having discussions about what the facts are right? If you're going to have a fact-based argument, both people need to be coming to the table with facts. It is not possible to have a productive discussion where you've got facts being presented and an opinion being presented on the other side as a method of disputing those facts. If you want to challenge facts, which I always encourage people to do, challenge them with facts, right? Do your own research, do the work, You don't just get to say, well, I disagree. That's wrong. No, you need to come forward with something that actually can be supported. You need to be prepared to put that on the table as well and say, hmm, interesting. Well, look what I found. I see that that's your position. I see that's your authority. I see that's what you're putting out, but here's what I found. What do you think? And you can have a discussion that way. At the end of the day, we are very, very capable of having conversations that are meaningful, that are productive, that are respectful. I'm doing it all the time in my classes, but it's also very, very possible that they go off the rails when we don't pay attention to these simple, simple rules. We need to think about why we're trying to have a conversation in the first place. And if we're genuinely being honest about our intention, we need to be open-minded and open-hearted in the way that we approach each other. We need to listen to understand, not just to respond. We need to maintain a space of looking for common ground, considering interests and not just positions. And we must distinguish between fact and opinion as we are engaging with each other. Now, let's say you go into a conversation with every good intention, every strategy in your back pocket, and you are ready to do this thing. And the person you're talking to is breaking all of these rules. Well, here's the simple thing. You say this, a conversation requires two people to be talking to each other collaboratively. And I don't feel like that's happening here. 
We're not listening to each other. We're not actually hearing each other. It seems like this is more of a debate than a discussion, and I don't think it's going to be productive. End. The end. Or if somebody's just monologuing and not talking, you say, hey, a conversation requires both people's input. You're the only person talking right now, and I don't feel like there's any space for a position other than yours, in which case this isn't a conversation at all, and I don't think this is productive for either one of us. End of story. Let's say you bring facts to the table. They bring facts to the table. You got cannot agree on what's a credible source. Um, you're on opposite ends of the media chart, and it's just not going anywhere good. You can that at that point you can look at it and say, you know what? Thank you so much for sharing your perspective. I think we're going to agree to disagree, but this has been really interesting, and I'm grateful for learning a little bit more about why you believe what you believe. We do not have to agree with each other to get along. In fact, it's interesting when. We take the time to learn why people hold the beliefs that they do. And only through talking and having these hard conversations do we have any hope of either healing, coming together, and changing the things that need to be changed in our world. But we've got to do it in a way that is productive and that is kind and that is respectful to everybody involved. So with that in mind, I would encourage you to set out and try to have a conversation employing these five principles that I've given you today. Let me know how it goes. I'd really, really love to hear. You can reach me at kim at boldlystated.com. And if you want a handy PDF with the five steps I talked about today, hop on my mailing list. You can do that at www.boldlystated.com and I will send it over. Last, if you are loving the podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple iTunes and share it with your friends. Your voice matters, not just to me, but to lots and lots of people who are trying to figure out if this is worth listening to. Until next time, stay bold. This is Kim Balorchi, and you've been listening to Boldly Stated.